when you create content that is very visual and that it absolutely delights people, it also will delight the search engines. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focused podcast. If you're not familiar with the format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This is coming out at the beginning of December. I hope you all survived Black Friday and that things are starting to get a little bit more manageable in that whole peak crazy time. That's one of the reasons why this month we're talking content marketing. We are purposefully talking about a slow burn organic strategy this month so that you can kind of just, whilst you're, you know, walking the dog or picking and packing, whatever it is you've got to do right now, you can have a listen to this, let the ideas wash over you, and then it will give you that ability to really kickstart or up ramp maybe your content marketing when we hit January and we've got past this peak piece. So that's why we're doing content marketing this month. We are starting off with a fascinating chat about the impact of AI on content and on SEO. There are some killer tips coming up, some really, really clever stuff coming up and a potentially controversial opinion on AI or not controversial. It kind of depends which side of the fence you're sitting on. My guest is the brilliant Katrina, who gave an excellent answer on our AI tips episode that went out in our sister show, E-Commerce Master Plan, earlier this year, episode 451, if you want to check that out. And I, after that, I just had to get her back for an entire episode. So we're talking about the meeting point between content, mainly blogs and articles, and AI and SEO. And we've got some killer tips about outsourcing that to human beings, as well as outsourcing that to AI. So do make sure you listen right to the end of the episode, because at the end of the interview, my guest will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of content marketing and SEO. And then I'll be sharing my take on it all, plus outlining some free ways we can help you improve your content marketing even more. So stay tuned to the end. Ready to boost your sales and brand trust? Discover Ferra, the ultimate product reviews app that brings your customer feedback to life. With over 5,000 five-star ratings on the Shopify and Wix app stores, Ferra is the trusted choice for enhancing your store's credibility. Ferra users see a significant boost in sales and a high review response rate thanks to aesthetically pleasing photo and video review widgets that blend perfectly with any site's design and automatic review request emails that are highly customizable. And right now, Ferra is offering four months free on any plan. Visit keepopt.com forward slash Ferra to claim your offer and transform customer feedback into sales. That's keepopt.com forward slash F-E-R-A. In this episode, I'm chatting with content marketing expert Katrina McKinnon. Katrina is the founder of Copysmiths.com, the content shop for e-commerce stores, where she and her team have produced over 8,000 blog articles and generated millions of views to drive brand awareness and customer engagement. Hello, Katrina. Chloe, this is going to be so much fun. I hope so. Based on our pre-chat, I think it is. Audience, you're in for some <laughs> some interesting insights, some great tips, and um, hopefully some entertainment too. But 
Let's start off with what may be an entertaining story. How did you end up in content marketing? Chloe, I ended up in content marketing because I was in a mad panic. I was thrashing around. I was panicking. I was freaking out. I was thinking to myself, there is no way I can do this online marketing thing. I'm done for. I may as well give up and go and get a job in a bookshop, except for the fact that Amazon's taken away all the bookshops. So therefore, what am I going to do? I may as well just lie down and roll around on the floor. You know, those feelings. So what I did was I was running an agency, a web agency for 20 years, and um, I was marvellously average at all the aspects of running that agency. So, as you know, I was okay at doing paid ads and, you know, I was okay at web development and, you know, I was okay at, you know, socials and all this sort of thing. And then um, this client came up to us one time and said, look, we're desperate for traffic, desperate, absolutely desperate. We need this traffic. We've tapped out on our Facebook. We're spending as much as we possibly can. We've tapped out on AdWords, Google AdWords, and we just desperately need this traffic. And can you help us? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll give it a crack. I'm not working in the bookshop just yet, you know. So I literally just threw everything at the wall. I just went, okay, I'm going to try this content thing. I like content. I've always enjoyed reading. Um, I like uh, visuals, all this sort of stuff. I like learning. And so what we did was we created as much content as we possibly could for this website and we created in all sorts of different formats. It got to the point, it took us 14 months until the competitor literally emailed us and said, the keyword competitor literally emailed us and said, would you mind if we could do a deal where we share some of all the traffic that you have taken from us? Wow. And I was like, yeah, wow. Because I was like, I was like, wow, someone noticed me. You know, I'm not just like a mushroom under a rock. Someone noticed me that I've done something. Anyway, we took that client from 800 unique visitors a month to 150,000 unique visitors a month. And they were getting 250,000 page views all on a couple of keywords. Well, it wasn't, it was like a whole cluster of keywords, thousands of keywords, but, but on a very specific topic that we had aimed for. And so, you know, I sort of thought to myself, I'm not too rubbish at this content marketing thing. I can obviously do that. And so I thought I'd better try it again until I get too big, you know, full of myself. And anyway, we managed to do it again for another client. So, um, yeah, the, the, I'll tell you that the secret, the secret to success, Chloe, is panic and then just flail about and do everything, okay? <laughs> it's not like a magic master plan of me sitting down and saying, you know, oh, I've got a plan and I'm very clever. It was just literally, okay, what are we going to do? Let's just do everything. It's one of those areas where uh, I think, you know, as you say, the real plan was was just commit and uh, was just flail around. And I suspect that's something which someone on a stage would go. And what, so what we did was we committed. We committed and we tried. We did a lot of testing. There was a lot of growth hacking, a lot of learning. <laughs> we had a plan. We executed perfectly on the plan. And I did. My plan was to throw everything at it. And that was the plan and it worked. So, yeah, you know, that's that's basically how we got into the content marketing. And so we just got quite good at that and that's what we did for people. So we'll go and optimise their blogs. You know, we work out how to get people to, you know, we were able to get 50%, 60% of that traffic to move across to the sales uh, landing pages. So, um, yeah, you know, it was um, pretty good. It was a lot of fun. So, Katrina, that's a, just a, a phenomenally brilliant way of finding kind of your your key thing, you know, the, the thing you weren't average at, the thing you're awesome at. Is it still possible to get those kind of results today? Because I'm guessing, you know, with the passage of time and the 
the search engines getting more competitive, it's become harder to do. And then AI's come in and it's become different to do. So do you do any of the same stuff to achieve those kind of results that you did back then now? Yeah, it's um, it does still work. It's an excellent point that you make because I think that what happened is, um, you know, your first thing you said was, does it still work? And it's actually, there's a lot more to that question than maybe sort of newer marketers might realise. But HubSpot made blogging famous. So HubSpot was brilliant at their execution of a hub and spoke model. They created um, content that people loved reading and that the search engines loved, and they created all this growth. And so the narrative that entered the internet and the market marketing world was, if you blog, you can be as successful as HubSpot. And what's happened is that it is actually, um, it's actually a lot harder now, because HubSpot were able to take a lot of those keywords because they were producing so much content. So they and then others sort of came through and produced a lot of content. And now what's happened is Google trusts very particular websites for very particular keywords. And it's really, really hard to lever those websites out of those positions because Google likes trusted websites. So when you sort of say like, can it still be done? It can still be done. And I'll tell you, I'll answer how, but it's not as easy as it used to be because Google is far more interested in brand. Um, It's far more interested in maintaining the status quo with trusted content creators. And then, of course, there's this AI thing that's coming in, which has um, basically kneecapped, taken out a whole bunch of SEO style content that people used to make. So I'll give you another example. SEO style content is, is, is the type of content that you have to do every day, all day, just like brushing your teeth. You know, to be a functioning human, you have to brush your teeth. To be a functioning website, you need to write about your product or the thing that you sell. You always need to just write about that one thing. And that is just standard to be able to tell Google what it is that your website does because Google just still crawls through and says, well, are the right keywords there? You know, this this store sells fountain pens. Does the word fountain pen exist in this store? And just a slight sort of side note, it's amazing how many of our clients come to us and we say, oh, this is your head keyword, fountain pens, and then they realise that they don't have any pages called fountain pens. That's a bit of a a rough example, but we had that for um, someone who's selling protein bars. They literally hadn't ever mentioned protein bars on their website. It was always health food or supplement or something like that. So anyway, the type of content now that can catapult you into brand awareness for Google so that Google's aware of your brand is stuff that we call fun drunk auntie. So fun drunk aunties are so awesome. They get up on the table, they dance away, they're they're the life of the party and everyone notices them or they're a complete miserable failure under the table fast asleep. This sort of only one way that that can be. And so fun drunk auntie is very creative content. I'll give you one example. We had a client, he sells squeaky toys for dogs. And we noticed that the keyword puppuccino had a lot of traffic around it, of course, because people are trying to make recipes for how to make a puppuccino. You know what a puppuccino is? It's that little like bit of froth with a bit of, I don't know, whatever chocolate on top for a little for a dog um, instead of a latte. And we noticed that there was like 38,000 searches a month for that particular keyword. All the competitors were making were writing articles about recipes. And what we did was we just collated 100 photos of the most cutest, gorgeous, 
sweetest dogs all with a puppuccino having a puppuccino so you know it's that oh moment and you look at that content anyway so it's shot to number three and it's ranked for number three for I don't know maybe a year and a half two years when you create content that is very visual and that it absolutely delights people it also will delight the search engine so yeah so Chloe that's kind of like it is really hard to do You've just got to get up every day and brush your teeth. Um, But then sometimes you have to take a chance on your fun drunk auntie. And that fun drunk auntie example you just gave us there, Katrina, that was a visual example. I think I'm like, we're talking about SEO and we've just talked about a picture post, essentially. So is that all about the alt tagging? Is it all about the bit of copy that's at the top? Is visual now something we really need to be thinking about? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a funny thing because we've always thought about visual content. That's how we got that very first client to, you know, the 150,000 uniques. We created visual content. We created PDFs and Photoshop files and uh, AI files and JPEGs and GIFs. And we created loads and loads of what you would call visual assets and loaded them onto the website. And there's this little gap in the image search results. So you know how on Google there's a tab for just general search and that's always the text results. There's the next tab along, which is the images. And so many SEOs don't concentrate on the images because they're not particularly visual people. A lot of SEOs have come from PPC backgrounds or they're very left brain thinkers. They're very analytical, very data-oriented people. And as an SEO, I've never been particularly, I mean, I, I like numbers, but I'm not a big data person. And I'm more, I'm a very creative, very arts-based, very visual person. And so that's our, that's our advantage because we're different to all the other SEOs. So we get into the visual search. And then once we're in the visual search, the text search notices us and drags all those articles in. So that's our little way that we kind of squeeze in. We squeeze into those gaps with visuals. So it is very SEO in that way because it still works. I love that. And of course, you know, most e-commerce businesses have some level of visual that's often, dare one say it, more interesting than a lot of blog posts about the same subject. So uh, I could see I could see that working f- for a lot of people. And we've mentioned AI in passing. You do an awful lot of work with AI content creation. Is that all about the getting up and brushing your teeth content or does that feed into the uh, the drunk aunties? Yeah, we don't use AI for um, actually any of our content, like to actually write our content because unfortunately the AIs are terrible writers. They're just not interesting writers. They're just text-guessing machines. What we do is we use AI for ideation. So we'll use it to – I'll give you a couple of examples. Everyone knows, you know, you can use the AI to create an outline, but the outlines still aren't very good. So we will use it to just get ideas for the outline so that we're covering an entire topic. But some of our clients will have very complex products. They'll have products with loads of different specifications. You know, it might be the the, the WRX125 versus the WRX1279, you know, and they might have, you know, a list of 50 specifications. For a writer to go and read all of that about that product is quite an onerous task. They, it's, it takes them a while and then they forget that that product had the flashy light and that product had the blippy light. So we can use the AI to feed. The AI will ingest all the product information and we can query the AI and we can say, well, tell me what the different features are that might be useful for a teenager. Tell me what the different features are that might be useful for an older person or someone with family or someone who walks dogs for a living. So 
You can use the AI to query and to give you access to ideas and also to technical information that you've fed it, but you still do need to be careful because it'll sometimes round up numbers or round down numbers or, you know, do things a little differently. But, yeah, the AI tools, they're brilliant for little bits and pieces every so often, but it's surprising how little we use it, I think, compared to some other teams that use AI just to produce everything. And I think that that content, that's a that's a big mistake that they're making because uh, the search engines don't want to eat their own dog food. Yes, I do ponder sometimes whether just creating everything with, you know, a basic AI tool is going to lead you to a world where we're just regurgitating all the same stuff endlessly and that the way of... And many people are doing that. So so I guess the way of still climbing the search engine ranks and beating that content is to do it, to use the AI to fast track essentially the research part of the process and then use the humans to create it. So so your team have created over 8,000 blogs and articles. How many of you are there? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a huge amount of content. Chloe, there's 8,000 of us. We're very slow and uh, <laughs> we, we've only managed to do one article each and then, you know, we go and work in bookshops. No, um, so what we do is we, we, it's a bit like a, it's a little bit like a Ford production line. We have experts. We break down the process of writing an article into the components that requires a really deep expert. So to create an outline, to create the, write the article titles, get the keyword research and create the outline line and essentially the brief. That's like actually a really deep expertise to understand marketing, audiences, buyer intent, um, to understand keyword research. So one person on the team does that and then we feed that into the writers and then the writers will use that structure and write and we've got a pretty comprehensive training course that teaches everything from, you know, how to write a compelling introduction through to, you know, I I don't know, like how to write a feature and benefit statement because there's there's actually, you know, a little bit to it. And then we've got quality checkers. So quality checkers will then go through the article and say, have we spelt the client's name and their product name correctly? Have we referenced and cited all the sources? Have we have we linked correctly? So even internal linking these days to create topic clusters is very important. And that's an art in of itself. So again, we've, we've got quality checkers and we've got these um, content helpers that are very we've trained them in SEO so that they know exactly how to put in call out boxes that relate to you know anyway all this sort of stuff and the images and alt tags and all this sort of stuff and then we've got publishers so we have this team so we have this real production line that goes through so the articles all step through so it's really quite efficient in that way but can I tell you where we hire from which makes it such an amazing system I'd I'd love to know well we hire from Kenya so this is an unusual thing that people haven't kind of, I think um, a lot of people haven't quite tapped into yet. Everyone knows that you can hire VAs from the Philippines. Um, you know, the, the Eastern Europeans are incredibly strong coders and programmers and, you know, you can get some fantastic marketers out of America. And, you know, I sort of think sometimes these geographic regions have their strengths. So out of the Philippines, the customer service personnel are just exceptional because they have had BPO um, business process out outsourcing teams for so long for 10 15 years I'll tell you the story one day there's this fellow John who was working for me and I found him on Upwork and he was running all of our AdWords campaigns he was brilliant I was just mediocre at AdWords but he was brilliant and he was running our AdWords campaigns 
And I said to him, I was like, you know, John, you're from, you know, you're from Nairobi in Kenya. And, and he was a, he's a mechanical engineer. And, you know, engineers are just like the smartest people on the planet. And I was like, why are you working for me running my AdWords campaign at $8 an hour? Why on earth would you such a smart person and be working for me? And he said he couldn't get work. So even though he'd had a 30-year career in engineering, the economy was so bad in Kenya and the government was very corrupt. There was a lot of um, unrest in the country. The unemployment rate was incredibly high. He couldn't get work, so he retrained. And, I, you know, we discovered each other and then he worked with me for years. And I thought, this is very interesting. I'm going to go and see, like, like who, what else, who else is in Kenya that, you know, might be incredibly you know, well um, educated and, you know, affordable because I'm just a small business. So I need affordable staff. And anyway, I went and advertised in the local papers. And um, so now, you know, we, we at one point we had a team of 60 people writing for us. And I also run a group called Remarkable Freelancers of Africa. And there are 35,000 members. It's free for employers and free for writers, free for anyone to join. And that's where you can find the most amazing, talented people. And um, I'll give you a bit of a perspective on, so a VA in the Philippines now likes to charge between 800 and 1200 US a month for their work. Whereas in um, Nairobi in Kenya, 500 to 700 US a month is probably twice their monthly kind of earnings of what they would earn locally. They're all highly educated uh, they're all highly unemployed. They're, they're so unemployed at the moment that one of my team was telling me there's been a rush on passports. So many people are trying to get out of the country just to find employment. Well, I've got just the most incredible team of smart, creative, excellent writers. Because it was a British colony originally, um, well, you know, for a period of time, they all native English speakers and the university and schooling systems are all in English. So their English skills are second to none. So that's why we have all our writers, all of our team, in fact, even our administrators and, you know, publishers, they're all um, in Kenya. Wow. I had, you know, until you, you mentioned that, I had no idea that Kenya was a hotspot for VAs. No idea at all. So um, I'm full of surprises, Chloe. <laughs> you are indeed. I will be checking out Remarkable Freelancers of Africa. Uh, I think it's very cool you, you've built that group to help connect people too. I didn't build it, but I, I didn't build it. Walter Okolo, the most incredible man, uh, he's, a, he's a local in uh, Kenya. He built the group, um, but I'm just one of the admins now. I just help to run it and keep it going and just make sure everyone's joining and, and playing nicely with each other. Oh, brilliant. So homegrown group as well then. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Katrina, what haven't we mentioned that people need to know about for their 2024 content plan that we should be sharing with them? Okay, so for 2024, um, I would say be very careful about taking shortcuts with your content, about using AI to write the content, because I can't see any other way of common sense that Google and the, the language models, I cannot understand how they would want to eat their own dog food. So they are going to come around um, and crawl your website and anything that's AI generated, they already know, so they will ignore it. The price of energy, electricity is going up. There is so much of the internet that needs to be crawled that it's quite well known that it's expensive to crawl websites. And Google has said that they are reducing their crawl budgets. 
So there's all this talk from the big guys about how they're not going to crawl as much of the website of the internet. So how do you get into that crawl group so that you can show up in the search engines? I would say just stick to original content. Be very, very mindful about how you use AI. Excellent. I love that advice, Katrina. And that's such an obvious thing. If they're going to be cutting back the amount of carbon that they, you know, that that's being done with their data centers and the electricity they're using to do all the crawling. Mm. And there has to be a limit to how much crawling is necessary of the web. Um, so yeah, but, but of course, I hadn't thought of that having an impact on our SEO strategy. So I love that. Katrina, thank you so much for all of your your insight thus far. It has been amazing getting to pick your brains about SEO and content and AI. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Katrina's insider tips. Yes, more tips coming up on content marketing and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. In a world where big companies dominate, Ferrer is here to level the playing field for independent e-commerce stores like yours. Join Ferrer's community of 35,000 plus businesses, including Fiji Water, and see why over 5,000 stores rated them five stars on Shopify and Wix. Ferrer offers stunning, easy to use review widgets, AI-driven review management and dedicated customer support. When you use Ferrer, you can expect a surge in review responses, increased conversions and better customer loyalty. Plus, your reviews will shine in Google search and shopping. Take advantage of their special offer, four months free on any plan. Visit keepopt.com forward slash Ferrer to sign up today. That's keepopt.com forward slash F-E-R-A. Okay, Katrina, so far we've gone deep into SEO and AI and content and lots of things, actually. Now, though, you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of content marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with content marketing, which, of course, does include everything we've already been talking about. So, Katrina, are you ready for the insider tips? Sure. Rock and roll. Cool. Let's start then with the newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think that you have to have a quality checklist. When you publish content, or when you get content written, what we do in our team is we have a checklist that every writer has to adhere to in order to get paid. So we do not pay a writer unless they can tick the box on 16 things that says things like, is the introduction compelling? Is it readable? Are there um, bullet points throughout so that it makes it easy to read? Are there H2s, heading twos that make sense and add value to the reader? Uh, Is there a call to action at the end? Have you proofread? Uh, Are there links to other blog articles in the same website? So if everyone creates a an article or a quality checklist and the person delivering the writing or the service doesn't get paid unless they can tick that quality checklist, you'll end up with a very consistent high quality uh, content every single time. I love that. And then linking it to reward as well. Correct. Always makes it happen, doesn't it? Whether that's internally with your own team or whether that's with your VAs, great idea. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? 
So there's two things that we do is hot char is absolutely brilliant for seeing a flow of visitors. There's nothing quite like looking at your own content through the eyes of someone else. So hot char just is like, it's like a little heat mappy thing and it just shows you how the reader is moving through your article and scrolling and what they're clicking on. And so content, of course, has to serve a purpose of making sales, having some sort of ROI or getting someone to sign up for an email newsletter or whatever it might be. And watching how someone else is actually using your content in Hotjar is amazing because it just sort of puts you, it's like this out-of-body experience. It puts you out of your body and gives you this incredibly fresh take and all these insights will come to you because you'll go, oh gosh, they just totally scrolled straight past that orange button, but then they clicked on the icon. And so you get all these insights about how people move around and how they actually interact with your content. It's so interesting to hear Hotjar being mentioned in a content and SEO session because I think so often we just think of it as oh that's something the techies use to deal with the CRO and actually if you know as as you've been saying throughout Katrina the point of the content we're putting on the website the articles and the blog post is not to be somewhere something someone reads and then they disappear it's to then get them to go through to some product or to go through to another blog or to go somewhere else I love that as a something to build into our content strategy yeah, absolutely. That's that out-of-body experience that just sort of puts yourself aside, you know, the creator of the content and you can just sort of look at it with fresh eyes. And if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Well, we've put all of our in-house training for our team. We've trained 2,000 writers over the course of the years and we've put all of our information available on a very affordable course over at smallrevolution.com. So if anyone wants to just go and check that out, there's samples and previews and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, you can literally get access to our entire in-house training over at Small Revolution. Wow. That is an amazing thing to put out there. So, um... Well, because you know why, Chloe? Because people stole it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So he literally had one writer. Yeah, so you, so monetize it. <laughs> oh, I caught him, you know, like he stopped, he worked for us for a little while and then he literally ripped out all our training and then he put it up on a website and was charging, you know, $25 on PayPal and I caught him, of course. And so I made him pay everyone back. I said, you will, you will not steal our content and then charge other people for it. So, And so I sort of think, you know, you can try to wrap all these things up and keep them buttoned down. But I thought, you know, hang it, I'll just go and put it out there. And if anyone wants to use it, then, you know, it's great. It's not, you know, it's, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm always one step ahead in my ideas. So anything in the course is sort of yesterday, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, you know, why not? Why not share? Yeah, exactly. Why not share? Finally, crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Brand awareness and engagement are going to become absolutely massive. I would encourage everyone to go and check out Jason Barnard. Uh, he runs a website called CaliCube and he is an absolute expert on the knowledge panel. So for any of the marketers out there, you must have your knowledge panel intact. You must have the um, online reputation management intact. You must make sure that brand awareness with uh, Google is very high because it's going to become all about authority and AI content is going to be ignored. So if you have uh, if you have the attention of the Google crawler, you're going to win. And how are we spelling Jason's surname? B A R N A R D. Oh, 
surprise for me. I got that right when I wrote it down. So everyone. It's that education coming to the fore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's paid off. <laughs> finally. Yeah. Um, so, finally. <laughs> finally, those yeah. years at Oxford have paid off. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so the key guy to follow for, for understanding where the knowledge uh, panel stuff is, is Jason Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D. We need to go and Google that, everybody. Um, Katrina, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. We are very nearly at the end of the show. So can you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Well, all the cool kids hang out on LinkedIn these days. So the best place to find me is actually on LinkedIn. Easy as that, everybody. And um, I have to say, that's where we got in contact and how you and en- you've ended up on the podcast. Yeah. So it works. It works. See, I told you, all the cool kids. All the cool kids are over on LinkedIn. <laughs> all the cool kids. So, guys, go and find Katrina McKinnon on uh, LinkedIn and follow up with her there with all your questions and ideas and uh, find out how she can help you. Katrina, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast. It's been awesome chatting with you. I've picked up loads from this chat uh, that are probably going to derail the rest of my week. So that's always a win. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. So I'm going to try and do my wrap up from that brilliant episode with Katrina, but we've just chatted for another hour after finishing recording that. So I may have missed some key points, everybody. But essentially, what I think as I drag myself back to my notes were the key takeaways is Katrina is a fan of using AI to take out some of that grunt work for creating your SEO content rather than getting it to write it yourself because we need to be stand out. We need to rise above and not have that kind of, I mean, all the AI tools use the indexes of the search engines to create their content. So you just end up with this kind of infinite loop if you're using the AI content, which is a sound, it's a sound theory. I think it could prove to be the right one. Obviously, other people have have different theories and you kind of have to decide which one's yours and go with it. Um, I think using whichever way you take this, using the AI to help you with those research tasks is such an obvious thing to do, to help you work out what key areas you should be covering in a post or an article, to help you then uh, fact check to some extent, (laughs) certainly to mine resources you've already looked at makes an awful lot of sense. I love that idea of the fun drunk auntie content. So you've got the content you're producing all the time, kind of like the, 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 Hey Google, we're still here content, the brush your teeth in the morning content as Katrina was calling it. But then you've also need to occasionally come up with one of those really cool fun drunk auntie ideas. And that kind of subplot there about using image search and targeting the image search is a super clever way to go about it. And then if you are, you know, if you're a fan of outsourcing to overseas VAs like I am, then I think what she was, you know, that hot tip around hiring people in Kenya sounds like something definitely worth exploring and something I will certainly be exploring. So loads of interesting bits in there around content marketing and e-commerce business in general. You can find the links to all those things we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. And you can go straight to the page about this episode by going to keepopt.com forward slash whatever the number of this episode is, and that will take you to the right page. When you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it and want to keep learning about content marketing right now, 
then you can either scroll way back up your feed to find our content marketing episodes or go to keepopt.com forward slash content where on the website you will find all our content marketing uh, episodes. And if you go to keepopt.com forward slash SEO, you'll see there's a theme going here, keepopt.com forward slash topic. If you go to keepopt.com forward slash SEO, you will find all our SEO content. So tons for you to get stuck into there. And please do tell your fellow marketers about this show because I want to help as many of you as possible to improve the performance of your e-commerce marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Hello, Chloe here. I just wanted to tell you something super exciting before we get into this episode. Chloe's e-commerce club is finally live. Yes, my new free online club where the whole Keep Optimizing audience can come together to improve your e-commerce marketing is live. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to keepop.com forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So go on, hit pause and come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at keepopt.com forward slash club. And then don't forget to hit play and listen to the rest of the episode. See you in the club.